just just play the music. That long sigh just about sums up how I am feeling today. But Jack, how how are you doing? You feeling any more lively than me? Um, honestly, you know, I'd be lying if I said I was feeling completely lively, but that sigh really really sounded bad tom to be honest you sound pretty uh pretty exhausted i am i'm quite winded i would say i mean i'm happy to be on the show for sure i'm not taking this show for granted but um you know something about traveling and then you know working the very next day and just the darkness outside it's really got me feeling quite exhausted i was struggling to keep my eyes open throughout the day to be completely honest with you but um yeah i i was uh i've been definitely pretty busy recently too with school like the semester just wrapping up a lot of uh, a lot of projects, a lot of uh, tests here, and uh, yeah, I the other day I was actually driving and uh, I was dropping my girlfriend off at the airport, and I was actually so tired in the car, and this was only like a fifteen minute drive, but okay. I at one point actually debated like pulling over to take like a twenty five minute nap for like a ten minute ride that I had because there was so much traffic, and I was like so tired that I was kind of getting nervous, especially because it wasn't my car. I don't have a car out here. Mm-hmm. So I was driving like a buddy's car. But uh, it seems like this is kind of a, one of those grinded out podcasts we got going tonight. It definitely is. It's not even a Monday. It's it's a Tuesday, yeah. which is very odd. It feels like a Monday completely. So I guess maybe the week will go by faster, which is a pro. But um, yeah. yesterday we were traveling back from Houston, Texas, because we had the Texas Rumble first annual wiffle ball tournament down there and that was a great time we'll get into that more in a second but um yeah got back landed our plane actually touched down in michigan at 8 59 p.m so not bad at all i'm like oh i'll be chilling home by 11 o'clock latest worst case scenario and we'll be good i'll get a decent night's sleep go to work be chilling well then after we coast down to a stop at the airport pilot comes over the pa system you know Ladies and gentlemen, we are backed up about seven birds in front of us waiting to get to the gate. So please just hang tight a moment. Thank you. And I'm thinking, well, what the heck does that mean? Next thing I know, it's 45 minutes later, and they're like, we are still uh, next in line. We'll be unloading very soon. Thank you. And I'm like, what does soon mean? Give me a timeline. So I think we ended up getting off the plane at like 945. So we sat in the plane for 45 minutes before actually getting off the plane. Well, then we go down, we travel to find, you know, where the baggage is coming up, and we're all just standing there. Everyone who came in from Houston to Detroit is just waiting, waiting, waiting. And then the siren finally goes off. We all get all excited. We get up. We're miserable, ready to go home. Literally two pieces of luggage come out, and then it just stops again. I'm like, what is going on? So I think we ended up leaving the airport at around 11.05. So that put us back, and on top of that, we got a little dusting of snow, so no one was going over, like, 50 miles per hour on the freeway. So we got, I think I was back in my house at, like, 5 after midnight, and by the time I, like, brushed my teeth and unloaded some stuff, it was, like, 1240, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So Yeah, I had a pretty drawn-out travel experience as well, actually coming back to school uh, after Thanksgiving. Um, My flight was supposed to take off, like, just before 1030, and... We ended up actually waiting on the plane due to some reason that, to be honest, I don't really know because I had these headphones on and I was just kind of, <laughs> and what really what I was doing was uh, for some reason I downloaded Retro Bowl on my phone and okay. I've been playing that kind of like way too much, especially for maybe someone my age with other things I could be doing. We don't judge you. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, basically I realized I hadn't looked up from my phone in about like, 45 minutes and we were still on the same plane long story short had to actually exit that plane and get on a completely different one didn't take off for probably two hours since uh you know the the actual like original time of departure so it was kind of a long drawn out day as well i can i can definitely uh, relate to those travel woes see that sounds miserable too i i can handle you know it is annoying and it happens way too frequently i feel like but like when you get to the airport and you see, like, oh, our flight's been delayed an hour or two hours, like, it sucks. But at least there's, like, a time stamped there so you know, like, okay, now we're behind this many hours. But when, like, in your situation or me yesterday where we're just sitting there hearing, like, we'll be in soon, like, there's yeah. no, like, estimated time. 
you just feel hopeless the entire time. Same thing with waiting for the yep. luggage. It's like, will this luggage ever come up? I really don't know. So it just, yep. and I feel like after traveling, or in your case, you were beginning your travels, like you're kind of just agitated. Yeah, the re- I mean, it was okay for me. I would have more sympathy for you because you were like coming back after a long trip and, you know, it was late. Mine was kind of in the middle of the day. I wasn't really super rushed. So, you know, I, I've, I've been in that spot before and been like freaking out because I had to get somewhere, but I didn't yeah. really have anywhere to be, you know, super quickly. So I remained calm for the most point, but. That's it, could have, it could have escalated in a different situation. <laughs> I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, we still got home. Like, it wasn't the end of the yeah. world. But once again, it's just a little irritating. I think we were all kind of, we were ready for that trip to be over at that point. You know, you're upset. You leave 80-degree Texas to come home to 25-degree Michigan and snow. You're not in a good mood yeah, as Yeah, that's is. never fun. And that's never fun. And you're stuck at the airport, you know, waiting for your luggage, then waiting for your bus to take you over to your car, just like stuff like that. How um, long was that flight back? Not too bad. I want to say you're in the air like for like the actual plane ride. I think you're in the air for like a little over two hours. Isn't that insane though? That's what blows my mind about air travel. It's like time travel, really. I mean, you can go through you time can. zones, which is kind of time travel in a way, but like you like you just said, going from the weather in Houston and then basically getting off the plane in the middle of the night and you gotta switch out your flip-flops for your for your Timberland boots and yep. a jacket, you know, it's kind of crazy. Oh yeah. It's definitely wild. Like I feel like driving, you feel a little bit more cause like you see yourself crossing in each and every state and the time is so drawn out that like you feel that drive, but flying it's like when you're, when that plane touches the ground, you're like, okay, I'm in Texas. Like it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it happens so quick. And I don't travel a whole lot. Like, I don't think I've been on a non MLW related flight in like five or six years. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. For me, it's always like, it can be fun flying. Like it's a cool experience, especially like during the day. I think when you can like look down, if it's cl- like not too cloudy and see like as far as the eye can see, it's always pretty you, cool. You a window seat guy then? I, I you mean, your pick? if I had my pick, I'd take window seat, but I was placed in the eye both times. And I don't have an issue with it. You can still kind of see out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You can. So it's not, it's not a do or die for me. I think some people like have to go in the window or they get like uneasy. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I don't need, I don't have to go one way or the other. I think I'd go the same though if I had to pick probably window. Yeah, me and Kyle were uh we were we were uh roommates both flights there and back this time. No connecting flights, but both flights were quite smooth despite it being windy in Michigan yesterday. We did do that like fancy landing thing like you come in a little bit sideways and then like you drift into straight. You ever seen that before? Yeah. They didn't like give us a warning of that, or at least I didn't hear it, but then all of a sudden I'm like, we are sliding right now. But it was like very, very professionally done. Like I wasn't concerned, but it was kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, that's the crazy thing too, is a is a, a landing is pretty much just a controlled crash of this massive aircraft. That's basically what it is. Uh, you, you got I mean, your faith in this pilot to just like successfully crash the plane. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what it is. Like, Crash the plane on wheels. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, think about the Hudson River thing. We don't need to get into all that, but like that was literally a controlled crash, and everyone survived. Yeah, it's amazing. But all right, that's why you got to clap at the end. So yeah, we can get into the trip a little bit more. I wanted to wait until our uh, guest for today, Brennan Russell, joined us on the call here. Um, but he was one of the MLW members who went down to Houston with us. Brennan, can you hear me? Yes, sir. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for coming on the show. Is this your first time? Yeah, yeah, it actually is. First time on Pipe It Up. Give a round of applause for Brandon Russell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let's go, Russ. guys. You know, Brandon, I, did, I didn't have you as, as a go-getter in terms of being one to volunteer to go out there cross-country for Wiffle Ball Tournament, but uh, when Kyle told me you were coming, I was excited to hang out with you a little bit, spend some time out in, uh, down south together. Did you have a good time? Yeah, dude, it was it was awesome. Actually, it was a lot better than I had thought it would gone or would have gone. Um, and to be honest, the biggest reason that I went was, you know, how many times in my life would I ever tell myself like, "Yeah, let's go to Texas or let's go to Houston mm-hmm. or something like that." Probably none. But mm-hmm. this was a great opportunity just to go out there, experience yeah. the city, experience uh, Texas a little bit. So. Well, yeah, the reason I wanted to talk to you specifically tonight about this trip was because, I mean, for the fans who are listening who have attended the tournament, you kind of know how they go. But um, you were one of the only guys at the very first tournament we did at Sports Force Parks in Ohio, which I think had 
like four teams other than MLW guys sign up for it. So this one had thirty. Really? This one had thirty-five on MLW teams. So I don't know. Have you been to like a Wiffle in the Mitten since then, though? Yeah, yeah. I went to, I went to Wiffle in the Mitten. I think the last two years. So you've seen the group a little bit last year. But does it surprise yeah. you, like looking back at that first one being kind of not a bust, but you know, a stepping stone to where we're at now? Like, I don't know what's yeah, that been like I mean, to watch unfold. I mean, when we went and did the slugfests in Ohio, that those. It basically consisted of all MLW guys, mm-hmm. PWL, and then the staff at yep the or at the places. So we'd mm-hmm. end up playing people who never played with a ball, and then we'd end up losing to PWL, mm-hmm. who were way better than us at the time. But um, it's definitely a lot. It was a lot cooler, particularly because you know in in Houston there uh, there was baseball tournaments going on at the same time so it was just a lot of mm-hmm. foot traffic just running into people left and right so it was really cool seeing the i guess i guess the growth of how how little we the tournaments we were having were compared mm-hmm. to now yeah and then how do you think the talent compares to as well like what we did originally with just kind of us and one other league versus now 35 teams of all different ages man it's actually astronomical how how crazy good people are at wiffle ball, particularly in Texas. I mean, mm-hmm. they, there were a lot of teams that traveled quite far to get there, but at the same time, there was so many good players. Like I probably still would have lost to some kids in the 12 under. <laughs> so most kids can chuck the ball, dudes. Those kids have noodle arms. I don't think their muscles have like fully developed yet. So they just don't feel pain. They just sling it. For yeah. every game, every inning, it's unbelievable. Yeah, no, they were they were really good, and I was very very surprised at the talent through through all, all like the, levels through all age groups. But but don't sell yourself short, Russell. I feel like you uh, you're not too bad. I saw you facing a pretty good pitcher, and you took him deep. I watched it with my own eyes. <laughs> yeah, we were. I mean, the first the first game that we played on Saturday, I was a little shell shocked because there's a pitcher throwing. 85 minimum the entire game and i could not touch the ball <laughs> and then after that i got a little bit more acclimated to it and and then when we played in the quarterfinals i was actually seeing that picture pretty well mm-hmm. but nonetheless i mean they're still unbelievable and unbelievably accurate too i mean when we get out there and we throw you know a lot of mlw pitchers are still missing mm-hmm. missing the zone and these kids are just pinging corners left and right so it was it was definitely a, a thing to get used to just being ready to swing at, at, at any given pitch mm-hmm. i think uh i mean i don't really remember very well like your early days in mlw but i think you're actually a guy who has progressed slowly as a player you know you never played baseball competitively is that correct yeah no that's right i i have not seen a like i've, not, I've never never played like fast pitch played, basically played basketball and played football in high school never baseball but he's developed into I think you just have good hand-eye coordination, pretty good athlete, and uh, yeah, I would say I would say that you know, solid seventy-five, eighty-five percent of the time, I'm <laughs> subpar, <laughs> and then every so often, I just I can pull something out and make it look like I'm an athlete. Yeah, I don't know. I would say Russell, just playing with you, that you definitely improved as a player in MLW for sure. What was uh, what was what was the the output of the Russ fans down in Texas? Was there a lot? Maybe not very many. There was surprisingly more than I had had. Really? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of Preds fans down there. Um, you know, the the team name that I heard the least was probably the Magic. Unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, but there's a handful. Ouch. I mean, there'd be kids. There'd be kids coming up asking for my autograph that didn't even know my name. So I don't know if that was kind of just a mm-hmm. just an MLW presence thing. But I think there's a couple kids on a um, punishment. That's okay. who they were. They they basically said next when they go play at UFs or whatever big tournament they play at next, they're all going to wear my jersey. <laughs> have, have me as a team name. We, we've uh, we've talked on this podcast before about like you know future expansion team names or just like funny names. What was was there a couple names that like stuck out to you as being creative or funny at the tournament? There was okay, so there's definitely the runs. Their team was the runs, and everyone was number two. 
on the back. <laughs> <laughs> that was my that was my all time favorite team I've ever seen at MLW in terms of the team name and the jersey. So yeah, like you know how the yeah. Mallards jerseys we have, Jack, have like the S and then like it, the text kind of curls underneath the whole entire yeah. word. So that's how theirs was too, but then it turns into toilet paper at the end. <laughs> and then and the jerseys were brown, yellow, and orange, and then the back it was number two for all three of them. Oh my gosh! So oh, that's good. funny. Those, that was, those guys that was the unanimous MVP. Then both you guys agree? Yeah, yeah, uh, and they and they took home the, the hardware too. Yeah, they, they won the whole really thing. Good. Nice, that's awesome. It was so funny. Yeah, um, I would uh, say that that took my number one. Yeah, I agree with you. Like I said, jerseys and the team name. Um, I was going to, to finish my point earlier, I was going to say that I feel like the Preds, Jack, the Preds team that you were on, I think that was 2016, um, I feel like that was like the most raw group of Whifflers, but have now developed into like veterans, because you, as an Agner, Russell, and Warda, all don't really have any baseball experience, but you guys are all like very solid now, so I don't know, I think that speaks to you guys' athleticism, your passion, your dedication. I mean, Russell's been playing in this league for half his life yeah. now. It's crazy. <laughs> I think that was what was fun about playing on that team, though. I think Russell would agree, is we were just, like, such a motley crew. And, like, even though we weren't we weren't that great, I think the games that we, you know, that we were fortunate to win or kept close were strictly because of, like, the chip on our shoulder almost because mm-hmm. we, like, didn't have that background or experience. And then, obviously, we weren't great because we – didn't have a ton of talent or experience other than Warder. You know, he had played for a little while, but I think Russ would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that that sums it up perfectly. It was more of just go out there and have some fun and <laughs> mess some things up, really. <laughs> uh, I got one final question for you, Russell. So, was that your was that your first time down in Texas? Yeah, yeah, that was my first. Time. I mean, even though you don't like consider it that far west, it was my furthest point of being out west, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was my first time down there too. Okay, so given given the choice, if you could go to one other U.S. city or region with MLW, where would you want to go next? Man, I would honestly probably say, I would probably say like out west again. Maybe, yeah, I would say out out further out west or even just southwest. Because I mean, Texas was great and like the atmosphere was so rich down there you know like everyone was very proud to mm-hmm. be in texas and everything mm-hmm. yeah and, they are they're all um, big homers for sure exactly and and uh, oddly enough it was they were some of the most polite people i've ever met oh by far you know every young kid every young kid that you talk to is yes sir yes ma'am mm-hmm. like no one you know stepped on anyone's toes out there so it was it was really cool it was really nice but i would probably say out west even further give me some more you know travel experience that'd be awesome all right well maybe we'll get you out there again would you do it again did you have fun <laughs> yeah dude it was a blast i had, I had a really good time it's, it's a little bit of work um, but overall it's a good experience yeah i mean i'm not that physically active after the season's <laughs> over so uh going out there and and getting some uh playing some wiffle ball but also just you know, walking around, exploring, seeing, seeing Houston a bit. That was awesome. It was really fun. Yep. All right. And it was also great. Like, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the wiffle ball guys in, in a little bit either. So, Oh yeah. We had a good time. Just seen a handful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Russell. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. I'll uh, let you get back to it, but, uh, talk to you later. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it guys. Take care. Yep. See ya. Peace for us. See ya. Jack, have you ever been to Texas before or no? Uh, no, I have not. It's definitely a bucket list state for me. I would say I'm a pretty seasoned U.S. traveler, and uh, Texas is one that I have not been to. Um, okay. I know that one thing I really want to do there is fish, actually, because I know it's a really good bass fishing state, yeah. largemouth bass fishing. So Monsters. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a bucket list trip for me, for sure. Yeah, I know. It's hard because I'm still... Still working, and you know, vacation is not cheap. But yeah, it would be nice to like extend these MLW trips and like do other fun stuff. But we kind of had one off day to this this time. We had Monday where we had most of the day. But I was gonna say before we got there, I was kind of joking like, let's see if everything's bigger in Texas. They say everything's bigger in Texas, <laughs> but it's hard to describe. But I swear to you, like maybe because is the land mostly flat in Texas? Do you know? I honestly have no idea. 
Um, I think so. I mean, I think there's like some natural elevation, but I don't there's I don't think there's like a mountain range or anything that runs through Texas. I feel like the sky just seemed like way more vast. Like I could feel like I could see just like such a good panoramic view of the sky and the clouds and ju- it did just seem like bigger. Maybe it was probably it's probably all oh, even the sky felt bigger. It's just a placebo in my head, but it looked Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it, looked, it looked gorgeous just like looking from coast to coast. I don't know why. What was what was your uh was that the first time you'd been there? Yeah, I'd never been there, so I had no idea what well, to expect. But I mean, I'm sure you had some sort of like, you know, maybe not stereotypes, but like some sort of expectations. Was it kind of on par with what you had imagined in your mind or what was different? Um, you know, I expected more like heavy southern accents, to be honest with you, which I feel like okay. Texas is like not the spot for that. You do hear a little bit of accent, but not a whole lot. I don't know so where you- the real like down south accent comes from. Is that like Louisiana, Georgia? Tennessee maybe yeah. because Texas is not I mean they all say we had accents like we sound like we're from the north but like yeah. they all didn't sound that southern just a little bit a little bit so that surprised think, me a little bit yeah I think the states like like Alabama and Louisiana are definitely definitely pretty like thick southern but yeah. Texas is also like it is in the south but it's like it's 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 more it's like in the midwest kind yeah, of like okay. it's in the south but it's you know in terms of the uh longitude in the country mm-hmm. it's in the middle whereas like i feel like the south the southeast is like you get a little bit thicker southern accents down there okay yeah i think that sounds about right then because it was not too bad um so that was the one stereotype that i was wrong about was the accents I also did not realize like how polite they were down there. I know that's like typical stereotypical thing. Like everyone down south is way more polite than up north or out east. But yeah, every kid we met, like Russell said, was you know yes sir. Like you know, ten year old kid to me who's only twenty years or twenty two years old. Like um, I'm like, hey, you guys having fun today? Like you having a good time? Yes sir. Yes sir. Thank you sir. Like it's so. I'm like, gosh, these kids are so nice. We're so rude yeah. up here all the time and way too like, I don't know, like lackadaisical. Naughty. It's yeah. not even like. I mean. I wouldn't say that we have rude children up here, but it no. it's just like, it is the small things though. Like, you know, using that language or just like addressing people that are older than you properly. It's not even like being rude if they were to just say, you know, yes, but like saying yes, sir, is just kind of like, it's a little bit more formal, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, you don't feel like it's like a big deal when they do that. Like it's, it feels normal. Yeah. They probably think we're all like weirdos for saying like, Oh, you guys are so nice and polite. Like, yeah, they, it's just um, no, it, they, yeah, yeah. It's just like but that's also, every day. Even like beyond just like the language, because one thing to just say yes, sir, even if you're still being kind of rude, but like they're very attentive. I feel like when they're paying attention to people who are older than them, or like a you know an elder mm-hmm. figure, whether it's their parents or I guess even us who are in their young twenties. So I, I I paid notice to that, and um, everyone there was actually like very friendly. That was probably the most like positive and fun tournament environment I've ever been in, in terms of like. Everyone, like, winners and losers were all having a really good time, like, joking, laughing around. We had a lot of guys that were older playing this tournament, like, 30-plus. All of them were just, like, having a blast, joking around with each other, laughing, like, striking out and laughing, making jokes. Like, it was just really positive and um, just a great, like, perfect, ideal environment for an event like that. And, do you um, think that do you think that uh that like made it easier to run? Oh, way easier. Um, you know, I I feel like sometimes I'm the bad cop when it terms to, in terms of MLW players, especially in terms of like getting kids in line, and keeping mm. things moving. Because I mean, someone's got to be that guy, right? And I feel like right. Kyle, Kyle's always very nice and like will let everybody kind of always try to put them first. And I, of course, I put the players first and the fans first. But at the same time, I'm not afraid to say like. Like, for example, while there was, like, baseball guys in the field, and I kind of kicked them off. I was like, yo, we're having a tournament here. Can you guys do that somewhere else? Small things like that. But, yeah, when people are being rude or stubborn or not listening, it makes things more difficult. And there was very, very little of that at this tournament. So uh, I had a great time. Do you think – I mean, I know it kind of seems like uh, these tournaments just keep getting bigger and bigger, which could make them, like, a little bit more complicated and challenging. But do you think just – the more tournaments that MLW does, the better we are getting at them? Or is it kind of like, you know, it's sort of sort of growing the same as we keep adding teams? Um, 
having additional staff helps. You know, we're traveling with a little bit more staff now just because we can, thankfully, we're starting to be able to afford it. So, you know, traveling's not cheap. These tournaments are basically break-even events, but we do it to meet the fans and interact and for everybody to have a good time. But um, I think, you know, even if you just learn one thing to improve on and do better at one tournament compared to the next one, you know, you compound that over time. Things get a lot smoother. So I'd say, yeah, compared to the first year to where we are now, like things just run not flawlessly. Of course, there's always things to improve on, but we're getting there, you know, like. A small thing that I can think of this year that changed was the strike zones. You know, we used to use those, like, blue leather strike zones like we had at the Meadows, and those Mm -hmm. things would fall apart often, zip ties would break and snap, and things would collapse. I mean, that'd be another just small, you know, 30-second delay on one field, but it happens happens five times on one field. It gets kind of irritating, whereas now we have the same home stand zone we have at the Meadows. We have those in larger sizes at all of our tournaments now, and they're fine the entire weekend, never break, never need to touch them. So, like, stuff like that. Little things, improving on over time, um, like the rules we've kind of fine-tuned over the years, if that makes sense. So yep. there's a little less controversy. We're all getting on the same page there. So, yes, it becomes more challenging with more teams, but uh, I don't think it's anything we can't handle. We're, we've been up for a challenge. So, Would you say that the, uh, the talent there was like Russ described? Do you think it was better down in Texas from, from other tournaments? Uh, I would say, I'd say yes. I think out east when we went to Boston was also pretty good. We had a couple good teams there too, mm-hmm. but there was some serious talent in Texas as well, especially in the 16 plus division. Um, mm-hmm. there was a lot of teams. This was definitely the like highest average age we've ever had in the 16 plus. It was not like a bunch of high school kids or college kids. There was adults that were playing in this. So, okay, cool. and they were good. You know, they were good. They had been playing yeah. for a long time. Like the team that won the runs. Those guys have been playing the game for twenty plus years. They said so. Um, did did we cool have, did we have MLW teams in this? We had three teams consisting of MLW guys. Um, MLW Blue was me, Kyle Schultz, Drew Davis, Brendan Schultz. MLW Red was Brendan Zerlag, Ryan Cratch, Brendan Russell, and then MLW Rooks was the rookies of this year, which was Dallas Allen, Jackson Pearson, and Blade Walker. Um, the team. Everyone played good. I didn't think any any MLW team embarrassed themselves. Um, we got knocked out by a solid team that was at UFs called Punishment. We lost eight to six, and then MLW Red got knocked out by MLW Red and MLW Rooks were knocked out by the eventual runner-ups. The What a Swings was their name, and they were like three seniors in high school that all played baseball. Super athletic kids. They were a great group of guys too. So uh, a good showing. I thought I played pretty well. Kyle hit hit the ball well. Brendan Schultz did good. Drew had some great at-bats as well. The rookies were hitting bombs all weekend. Russell did good. Cratch pitched good. So we, we, we did great. Nothing wrong with losing. I mean, that's what we want to see is good competition. Exactly. That means you're doing something right if you're drawing competition like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will say this about Texas Jack. Um, you know, as Russell was saying, like, they're big homers. They're all big on, like, Texas as a whole, but also like if they live in Dallas, they're big on Dallas compared to Houston. If they're from Houston, they think Houston's better than Dallas. If they're from Austin, Austin's the best, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. they're very territorial. And um, everyone there was talking about Whataburger. Or they say like Whataburger, but I say Whataburger. Mm-hmm. And uh, hyping it up to me, telling me all these things. We, you got to try it. You got to try it. We've never had it in Michigan. So we were, we were going to go. We all wanted to go. And we did. And uh, I feel like I was just a little bit disappointed, if I'm being completely honest with you. Have you ever had it before? I don't think I've ever. Uh, maybe I've had it, but it was at an airport, so I won't count that. Okay. Well, I was putting it, I feel like I was putting it on a pedestal that was a little too high mentally beforehand, so then it kind of let mm-hmm. me down a bit. Because, you know, I'm from Michigan. Our burger spot, you know, out west, I got In-N-Out. I guess down south, you got Whataburger, Jack in the Box, whatever. Up here, we got five guys. And I love me some Five Guys burgers and fries, okay? I think oh, it's yeah. phenomenal. So I feel like Whataburger was more so on par with, like, high-end fast food. And I feel like Five Guys burger is a good burger. Like, that's a good burger at Five Guys and good fries. The Whataburger yeah. fries were just average. And um, I was recommended the spicy ketchup by a couple people, so I tried that. That was that was cool. A little tangy ketchup. It was, it was, it was a decent little switch up. Yeah. And I'm not saying the burger I had was bad by any means, but it was just so hyped up that I thought it'd be like 
this phenomenal thing and it really wasn't. Well, it might just be it might just be uh one of those things where it's like it's kind of what you're used to, kind of what exactly you grow up with. Exactly what I was you know? saying. Yeah, like that's the reason yeah. I love five guys, because it's here and like that reminds me of like going with my buddies in high school and just having a good time. Right. So yeah, it's almost I, like it's, the it's, it's yeah. the association of the thing, I think. Right. So right. I'm yeah. sure if I grew up in Texas, I'd think Whataburger was the best too. But yeah. um maybe I just got a bad one. Also my stomach hurt afterwards and I didn't eat that much, so that was disappointing. My vanilla shake was pretty good, though, but Five Guys has great shakes, so I will say that. But I also think I was an outlier of the group. Everyone else kind of loved it, and I was like, guys, Five Guys is way better than this. Somehow Five Guys, the way that they you know, they cook it right in front of you right away, quickly, and then wrap, yeah. immediately wrap it in the tinfoil where it just like, steams in there for the Not extra nice minute before you eat it. So good. It just melts in your mouth. <laughs> it's the best quick cheeseburger you can get anywhere, I swear. Oh, yeah. So... For those of you listening who recommended Whataburger to me, not saying it was bad, I was just, I wasn't blown away. And now I want you guys to all try a Five Guys up here if you haven't already and tell me what you think because Five Guys is a dang good burger. But shout out to Swamp Man. Swamp Man's girlfriend is actually from the Houston area and she was like, go to this Mexican place called Guadalajara. It's the best Mexican food I've ever had. So we did on Saturday or on Sunday night, and my God, this food was so so good. I had I was gonna get um, like enchiladas, and then when the waitress was coming around, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna ask her what she likes. So I was like, what would you recommend on this menu? And she was like, do you like avocados? I was like, yes, I love avocados. I eat them every day. And she recommended to me, and I ended up ordering it. It was like avocados that were lightly fried and then stuffed with, like, shrimp and peppers and then, like, lubed up in queso. And it was the most spectacular thing of all time. It was so good. And the chips and salsa were really good. Good drinks. It was phenomenal. So thank you for that recommendation. And uh, if you ever go to the Woodlands, Texas area or Conroe, um, definitely check out Guadalajara. That one did... That one I had high hopes for, and it exceeded my expectations. Nice. Whataburger was not there. Different kinds of food, obviously. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I had Whataburger too high in my head before I tried it, so I was underwhelmed. But that's all I'll say about it. But I'm for sure looking forward to the next road trip. Um, You know, the tournaments can be stressful. They're long days. You know, your feet are aching. It's kind of tiring just, like, staying upbeat and, you know, giving every kid that awesome interaction that they want to have that they travel to see. So, you know, they're long days. You know, you get back to that hotel room and you're, you're tired, you're drained, you're ready for bed. But um, having those, you know, nights with the fellas and getting to see new things. Um, we got to go see the Houston, like, Houston Astros, Minute Maid Park where they play. That was so nice. cool. Amazing stadium. I really enjoyed that. So I'm, I enjoyed the experience. I definitely think the tournaments um, are a cool way to travel, meet the fans. Um, oh, and I have to plug one more thing. I've been rambling for very long, but Jack, did you see the Instagram post about a kid named Reese? We posted yes, on Instagram. Yes, yes, with that comment. That was probably the coolest fan interaction we've ever got to have, because when I say he was our first fan, he literally was. It was there was not one kid before him. He was our very first MLW fan we ever had. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Like we first were, subscriber or like first like known fan? I would say he was probably within the first fifty subscribers if I had to put a number on it. Mm-hmm. But, like, first known fan who would comment consistently and, like, message us. And, like, when I say first fan, like, he, because we didn't have any fans. No one watched us. We get, you know, 15 views per video in 2010 and 11. Yeah. Um, he, like, would message us all the time. He actually had, I had a slide phone. He had my cell phone number. We would text about, like, the <laughs> games in MLW when we, would, when we were 10 years old. Like, we would text each other. And then I heard he was going to the tournament, and I was like, no way. And, like, you picture it to be, like, a kid, you know, because he's your fan. But I knew it wasn't because, like, yeah. you know, he grew up with us. So it was a kid right. that was the same age as us. So That's so cool. It was just weird being like, can you believe this? <laughs> like, 10 years later, here we are. What was his team. reaction? Was that's That had been the first time, obviously, that he had gotten a chance to meet you guys, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it was kind of the same for both of us. Like, it wasn't like he was starstruck or anything. You know, he realizes where we started and we're just kids like he was. And he hosts his own football events, too. It sounds like pretty successfully down there. So, but it was just like a, a kind of like, wow, I don't know. It's really hard to put words to it. It was just like a 
dang, this is crazy that this is actually happening. Yeah, because a lot that's of you know so cool. the, the the thing with the exponential growth of the league, and we still have a long way to go. But you know, most kids have been watching for you know one year, two years, six months. Like, oh, I found you guys during quarantine last year. That's what we hear mostly. And if you hear like, mm. oh, I've been watching you guys since 2017, we're like, oh, dude, you're a day one fan. Like, let's go. Because we had, you know, 35, 40K subscribers right. at the time. But I'm telling you, he was within the top first 100 subscribers. Like, right. as day one as you could be. Like, yeah. I've known his name my whole life, Reese Altman. And um, like I said, I had his contact on my phone at one point. So shout out to OG. Reese for sticking Absolute it out. OG. Um, yeah, that was weird. It was just like... Thank you, man. Thanks for supporting us back then. It was like it was cool to have someone who cared when we were making the videos as kids, and uh, right. I think he felt the same way. It was just like, not that he was starstruck or not that we were like, oh my gosh, this is incredible, but it was just like a weird, like taking a step back from a broader spectrum and looking at the situation. It was like, dang, this is crazy. That was yeah. ha- that was half a lifetime ago. We were ten years old at the time. So that's absolutely wild. Yeah. Wild. So I think we'll we'll leave it at that. There's a cumulonimbus coming in from the western front. <laughs> Had a good time with Russell this weekend. Um, we, we did uh, share a bed. Just two guys sharing a queen bed. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, nope. You know? Nothing wrong. We, we did have a divider pillow, which was a first really? I, I've I've On my MLW trips, I mean, I'm not going to deny it. I've had to sleep next to plenty of dudes in the same bed throughout the years. And... Uh, Russell put up the divider pillow. Maybe he thinks I'm ugly or something, but I didn't take it personally. I thought it was okay. I'm going to be honest. I would go right off the cuff and just peg Russell as a blanket stealer. Um, You know, I don't... Did he steal the comforter? I feel like he was a good he was a good little bunk mate. I haven't had too many battles really? over the years. Yeah, we... I don't think I stole the covers from him. I don't think he did for me. He did complain the one night. <laughs> one night he said he woke up... I want to say it was uh, Saturday going into Sunday, so night two out of three. And uh, he said he woke up and like had to go to the bathroom, so he did. But then at that time, what woke him up was Zerlag was snoring like a bear, in his words. And then after that, Drew got up and was like slugging water in the middle of the night because he was dehydrated. <laughs> Russell was actually, he was actually like, Drew, could you drink that water any louder? And I started cracking up. This is in the middle of the night. And then he said that after that, he said I was snoring, which I was surprised because I don't usually snore. So he was a little irritated in the morning, which was funny. But no, I think uh, Russell was a saint. He was uh, good to go. That's good to hear. I can't wait till I'm able to come out more to some of these tournaments and stuff. I've been to a couple, but uh, I w- am going to be honest. I would be a little bit nervous to ruin your guys' night's sleep because I, I have a tendency to snore like a freight train if I'm not in the right <laughs> position. <laughs> I, I didn't have you as a snorer, Jack. Oh, dude. The walls are shaking. Are they? Is it um, yeah. your whole life, or did you develop that as you got a little older? Um, I mean, my dad, like, he, he snores really loud, <laughs> so, uh, so maybe I get it from him, but I don't know. Like, you know, I've, like, been, I've been, like, tested for sleep apnea and stuff because it's become, like, more of an issue, I think, <laughs> oh, recently. But, like, I don't have, like, they were like, no, it's fine. Mm. You just, like, if I'm on my back, if I'm just like laying straight up on my back, it's like, yeah, I'm probably going to be mm-hmm. probably going to be uh, keeping Slowly. you guys up. So if I'm on either side, though, usually I'm pretty peaceful. I am. Um, I'm a guy who like say I go to like I will like wake up, maybe adjust like in my sleep, especially I kept doing that at this hotel. Particularly this bed must not have been up to my liking because I kept rolling over. But like at home, if necessary, like or if I'm like in that situation, like with Russell, like I can really like face to the left on my side go to sleep and i'll wake up and like i haven't moved an inch and um i also been told i'm a very light sleeper just from like mm-hmm. cause I, ro- I roomed with noah for you know years at msu two years in the dorms and uh like he he would be so amazed that like he'd like get up for a glass of water in the, in the middle of the night or like get up for class and he'd like i'd say something to him and he'd be like dude it sounds like you've been wide awake this whole time i'm like no man you just woke me up he's like how did i wake you up i'm like i'm an extremely light sleeper i don't know what to tell you so I guess yeah. that's a curse and a blessing. I don't know. It's weird because I just said that I snore, but I've also been told that I'm a light sleeper. Like someone will like wake me up uh-huh. and I don't, they'll, they'll like wake me up and they'll say, I'll just wake up. And it's like, I'm like fully coherent. Like, not like I'm like, dude, oh, like, that's, what's going on. That's a, 
unintentionally hilarious quality to have because my dad is yeah. like that. We're like, say we're watching the Lions game. He would literally be next to me just like, just like snoring like a bear. And then all of a sudden I'm like, dad, go, what? Like he's wide awake. And he'll like reply to a conversation we're in the middle of. I'm like, dude, you were snoring five seconds ago. How are, how are you listening to what we're talking like, yeah, about? Yeah, I saw that third down. Was yeah, no, I'm telling you, something in the magic dad powers where they can like nap and still be coherent. I'm serious. It's incredible. But I don't think I'm a snorer, but I, my grandpa does snore. Uh, apparently you're a snorer. Uh, Zerlag, I got you pegged as the MLW snorer now, so uh, <laughs> deal with it. I can't picture that kid snoring, but I'll Neither can I, but yeah, Russell claims he was snoring like a bear. The loudest snore that I know, MLW-wise, the Swamp Man is a snorer. I promise really? you guys, oh, the Swamp Man snores like no other. <laughs> like no <laughs> other. I've had plenty of sleepovers with that kid throughout the years in high school. We were either out camping or like sleeping in one of our basements with all of our buddies. And uh, yeah, he's the one that was always snoring. It's so funny. But camping is tough. If you got a snorer and you're camping with them, <laughs> that's like twice as hard as a hotel because you're already like, I mean, you can make your bed comfortable, but it's like, you know, I feel like you just sleep lighter when you're camping in general just because you're like out in nature. You're a little bit more aware of like, what's going on in a hotel you're kind of just like yeah turn the ac down yeah. like mm-hmm. get under the comforter we're cozy yeah. but camping is a whole new level if you got someone snoring yeah. in the tent when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply so so you remember uh fifth grade camp obviously oh yeah great time um wow great time great right memories. Great time. yes so uh, my dad signs up to uh to be a chaperone at fifth grade camp doesn't make a great impression from the start because we're we're at we're at lunch and like over the intercom it's like mr agner come over to the blah blah, blah desk or whatever mm-hmm. he goes over there and my teacher at the time, Miss Crayer, I don't know if you had Miss Crayer or not. I did not. But uh, she's like, she's like, oh, well, you know, we had to move some chaperones around. So, you know, you're going to have to switch cabins. You're not going to be like in a cabin with, with Jack. And he's like, oh, like, uh, who are you? She's like, oh, well, I'm Jack's teacher. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, well, nice to meet you. Uh-huh. And so he goes in this other cabin and he says, this is his words, when he, he like, you know, had no issues. Like the other dad seemed cool or whatever. And then in the morning he gets up and it's like, no one's talking to him. Like no one's even really like looking at him. And then he walks outside and there's one of the dads is on the phone and he like catches the end of the phone call. And he's kind of like the guy on the phone's like, yeah, you know, it was all right. But some idiot was snoring all night long. <laughs> like hangs up the phone after the conversation. My dad went up to him and was like, "Hey, man, are you talking about me?" And he goes, "Oh, no, 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 not, no, not you, not you." But like he could just tell by everyone else's like reaction that it was totally him. So he wasn't like really the MVP at all at fifth grade camp, and that was probably the last oh chaperoning he did, at least for overnight trips for a while. But oh my god, that was a good snoring so uh, story that came to my mind. I mean, hey, it didn't affect your dad at all. He probably had a great night's sleep. Yeah. It sounds like. And the funny thing is, is I didn't even hear about any of this like till after because he wasn't in my cabin. Like yeah. I barely saw him the whole time. He was basically just chaperoning, probably because my mom like made him sign up for it. Mm-hmm. Ended up ruining five different dads' night's sleep. But, <laughs> Dude, I have, I can remember fifth grade camp, and gosh, what a time that was! But what a time to be alive! I I heard very good stories about like people's like cabins, a group of whatever like eight dudes that it was, and then mine did not go well. I don't even know who really. I don't know whose dad it was. I'm not gonna rat anybody out, but it wasn't an MLW guy's dad, that's for sure. But I remember like we were just having a good time, like you know, laughing, being fifth graders, just doing stupid stuff. I don't even think it was that late yet. And this guy comes in and just flips out and was like, if you guys talk for another minute, you're sleeping in my car. I swear to God, someone <laughs> said that. <laughs> Dad said that. He's like, you'll oh sleep in the gosh. bed of my truck. 
and it just got <laughs> and it just got dead quiet in the room, just dead silent. But then I remember there was yeah. a couple kids who were pushing it after he left that were like saying stuff or like giggling. I was like, oh my god, yeah. we're gonna end up in this guy's car. Like I was so terrified as a fifth grader. I feel like it's funny you say that because I feel like as uh, as a chaperone, you're either like the parent that like loves being the chaperone. Uh-huh. Or you're only there, like, probably, like, my dad, because my mom made him sign up for it. Yeah, this you know what I mean? Not, this guy and was not like, having it. He was not having it, but he also probably loves being the chaperone. You know what I mean? And he loves laying down the law for the kids, telling Maybe. them when to go to bed. Some people, like, bossing people around, probably, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it just seems so unnecessary looking back on it. Like, he threatened to make us sleep in his car. Like, what was he going to do? Yeah. Drag us out there? The guy would have gotten in trouble. <laughs> I mean, come on. But, I mean, if you, think, oh, if you think about how young you are, though, it's a bunch of ten-year-old kids. It's like your worst nightmare trying to manage that. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be no. So that tough. actually, that sounds like a disaster. I yeah. could see why a lot of parents don't want to do it. Oh. But as a kid, I will say, like that was that was easily the highlight of fifth grade year, like oh, by far. Easily. That was not even close. That was that was so fun. Like I definitely have a lot of memories from fifth grade camp, like all the games we played and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly wish like life was fifth grade camp. as simple as that right now. <laughs> oh yeah, it was so much fun. We did like rock climbing and zip lining, and yep. we like, did like canoeing. We'd walk through the woods, Played, like capture the flag yeah, that or was whatever so it was. Fun. That was like legendary. I remember as a fifth grader, like literally thinking that was like a battlefield. Like all the you know movies I had watched, like stuff like that. I don't know, just like you know what I mean. Fifth yeah, grade, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but definitely a, a really fun experience. You know what would be a great fifth grade camp game is wiffle ball. Come on. It would, yeah. Everyone could play that. It would, yeah, ex- exactly. You could have, you know, cabin versus cabin tournament. You could, and if people were elite and knew what they were doing, it'd be it'd make it that much more interesting. The wiffle ball yeah. skill spectrum is kind of all over the place. If you know what you're doing, it's like unfair to everybody else, but if you're just an average Joe with a bunch of other average Joes, it's a fun game. Yeah. I have a story. Yeah, I mean, you can even like, and like we've talked about before, you know, it's all ages I can play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I may have already told this, but I'll tell it again because it was probably 40 plus episodes ago, episodes ago before I was even the host. But um, one day in high school, I think it was senior year, we were still inside practicing for baseball. So like the season we had started like practicing, but the games were not yet happening. It was still too cold. So I remember, I think it was a Friday and our practices were usually like after school. It's like 2.45 till 5.30. And at like four thirty, our coach just walks out of like the little, like, closet where all the equipment is, and he just has a wiffle ball, bat, and ball. And I'm like, oh baby, <laughs> and we were all so excited. There we go. Yeah, and I think he knew about MLW too. He definitely did. But anyway, mm-hmm. we like picked teams, and um, we divvied up. And I think I was on the home teams. So we took the field first, and I was like, yeah, I'll pitch. And I threw one pitch. It was to Austin Ford. I remember. And it wasn't even like a disgusting pitch. It was just a routine slider. And then Charlie just goes, our coach, he just goes, nope, you're not pitching. Somebody else can throw. They didn't even let me pitch. <laughs> Isn't that so stupid? Really? Yeah, he didn't let me pitch. Oh, That's what I'm saying. I mean, the I... spectrum, if you have never played before, it's like yeah. a foreign thing. But if you can pick it up, it's like... But, you're... Yeah, I get that. But like, if you're a baseball player and I get the swing and you know, just like the track and the ball is a lot different than mm-hmm. baseball... But I mean, in pure form of like hand-eye coordination, it, I, I can't imagine it's going to make you worse trying to hit a slider. That's what I'm like saying. Like as a baseball player, mm-hmm. like why not? Why not make it? Why not make it harder? Like if you make it harder in practice than it is in the game, mm-hmm. odds are you're gonna you're gonna perform pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we were supposed to bet opposite to all of us because I don't think he wanted to screw up our swings. So I was like, yeah. no problem. I hit lefty and wiffle ball. So I went, yeah. I, I, I went, I went yard. My one at bat too. So it was, I got to. I was not the best player on the team for baseball by any means, but I was definitely the best player that day. You so had some glory that day in practice. I had my fun. Absolutely, I did. And then we did the same thing. Um, I've had a couple of wiffle ball moments where I've I've stood out in the crowd. We um did uh with like our high school quote unquote leadership class, Brighton High School has a thing where like thirty kids are in a class that like plans the pep assemblies and it's kind of a blow off class, but it's actually a lot of fun and it's competitive to get into but once you're in it's awesome. So I was in that class. And at like our end of the year party you do like a sleepover at the school type thing. 
and one of the activities we did was wiffle ball. But this was like a big, nice. like giant barrel and like a, just a regular like training ball with the holes in it. You know what I mean? Not like the eight yeah, yeah. wiffle ball holes. But anyway, the superintendent's a baseball guy, and he's like, "All right, three of us were on varsity. He's like, you guys are hitting opposite. You guys cannot hit or pitch. Like, you, if you wanna, you can't pitch, and if you wanna hit, you gotta hit opposite." I'm like, "I'm like, all right, sick. <laughs> I hit left hand <laughs> wiffle ball. Perfect. First at bat, just absolute nuke. It was awesome." <laughs> So I was like, yep, I'm that guy. So, wiffle ball. You're the king of leadership. I think that's, I think that's been the two times in my life where wiffle ball has helped me stand out amongst a group of people. But I guess you never know. I think one thing. I, I can't really. I don't. Ha- I wish that was applicable to my sport. <laughs> yeah, maybe I would have a time to shine, but not yet. You never we'll know. See. You never know maybe, when your hidden talent yeah. might help you stick out in a crowd somewhere. True. True. I feel like one thing that I've put in way too much time to and it's not helped me enough in situations like that is piano. I've played the piano for so long and like I've been put in very few yeah. spots to like showcase my piano skills. Also, I like don't really like playing in front of people, which is weird. I don't know. See, I, I have had that happen with like guitar. I've definitely ha- been able to like, like at least show what I can do in like a group setting. You know what I mean? Where there's just one laying around and we're like bored. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, you know how to play guitar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, last thing about guitar that's like nice too is like they're kind of like people have them around and they're easy to transport and stuff. Whereas like a piano is not really the same as that. It's a lot less like socially yeah, you, acceptable. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't find as many pianos you, in homes anymore as you, you do guitars. You don't sit around I a campfire like and play the piano. Yeah, I feel <laughs> true. That's very true. Yeah, but that's a great setting for 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 uh, you know guitar. Obviously, yeah. I feel like I feel like uh, piano though you know maybe 40 years ago there was a lot more pianos in people's homes i feel like that was something as a parent you like made your kid do they're expensive like learn piano um yeah that's kind of what's the funny thing about me playing the piano is my little sister when she was very young because i was only in third grade i think so she was probably in first grade at the time or second grade at the time she like wanted to take lessons so my parents signed her up for it and like got her a little cheapo mini keyboard type thing to practice on. But like mm-hmm. the piano teacher like gave her books like you know that had like music theory and like basic songs to play. So I just taught myself like the first year. And I was older yeah. than her obviously, so I like progressed I like finished her whole book way before she did. So my parents yeah. were like, "Why don't you just take lessons?" And I I really didn't want to to be honest. But and looking back, I never really Sorry, Mrs. Joy, if you ever hear this, but I never really liked, never really liked going to the lessons or like practicing for the lessons. But it definitely made me way better. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess I'm glad I did it. But like I was having more fun just like teaching myself, and now that's what I do still is just like mess around, and learn stuff on my own. It's a lot more fun. So is that how you learn guitar? Yeah. Or did you ever take lessons for it? Well, that's kind of what I was gonna say because I feel like there is a balance between like, you know. When your parents says like, "Hey, you're gonna do this," you'll, mm-hmm. you'll thank me later. There is a balance sometimes between just like trusting them because they are a little bit older and probably do know that you would appreciate it later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sort of, you know, my mom and dad are always like asking if I wanted to like take lessons. They never really forced me to do anything, but I was always like, "No, not really." And then in high school, I kind of got into guitar on my own and started teaching myself, and then. At that point, I had had uh, or like I had asked for a couple lessons. So it was like I was a lot more motivated in the lessons because it was something that I, you know, wanted to do. It wasn't like they were dragging me by the Mm -hmm. ear to the guitar lesson place. So I can remember the dread. If anyone out here plays an instrument, maybe they can relate. But I remember the dread of like me not practicing all week and then like getting home from school at three o'clock and having a four o'clock lesson. Be like, oh, my God, I have an hour to make it look like I know what I'm doing. It was always the best. so uncomfortable. She would always know I didn't practice, but maybe she was nice oh, enough yeah. to not say. The, the best was was in uh what well, like fifth grade again when we when I was in the band. I don't know what what grade if you ever yeah, did band. Fifth and sixth. I played trumpet in band. Yeah. Okay. Per, so I played trombone, and we had to fill out those hourly sheets yep. or, or those weekly sheets. And you know, I maybe if what was it? We had to get like you know I don't know like eight hours or 10 hours or something a week way too and many yeah i would practice for like a half hour and honestly <laughs> go upstairs and be like mom i know how to play this thing you don't want to hear this i don't want to play it anymore just sign the sheet we'll be good let me and, tell you my parents did not give me a lot of free rides at all in terms of 
homework, schoolwork, like piano, anything like that. But yeah, one thing that they for sure lied on was my middle school band practice sheets. Because I think they oh, wanted yeah, like dude. two hours per week, or like maybe yeah. it was more than that. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I would think just, it was a little bit more than that because I, just, I, I just remember like trying to because I would like practice a little bit because I didn't want to like bomb out there, but I also was i also remember just being like this is a ridiculous amount of hours <laughs> like there's no way i'm going to do this i no did, shot. i did not respect the grind when it came to middle school band and well like me and you both because you were playing guitar on your own you said like i already knew music theory i've been in piano lessons for three years by that time it's like right. it was the stuff we were learning was so easy to me so i would yeah. literally look at the stuff i'd know the song in class already and we'd be moving so slow and i'm like this is ridiculous i 100 percent did should have did percussion because the only kids who could do percussion were the ones who played piano but for some reason i don't know why i was like i think i would thought i would get rejected from percussion because it was too competitive but i like totally would have got it because i was better than everybody else <laughs> but like in but unless you were trying to Unless you were trying to like actually advance in the band, I'm pretty sure in fifth grade the only percussion instrument was like a cowbell. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> no, it was like a cymbal. It was not cool. It was like the xylophone thing, which was basically just a. Piano. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what it, it was. It was basically yeah. just a piano that you would play with like two little. I don't even know what you call yeah. them. So it was super easy, but I remember yeah. um, there was like students who went to my piano teacher who were doing percussion in band, and I was like, why did I not do this? Because I hate playing the trumpet, but. Now, yeah. if I ever find a trumpet, need to do a little blowing. I guess I uh, I could do a thing or two on it. So, yep, trombone yep. that looked so difficult to me. The, the perfect slide positions. Yeah, but that's the it's you know kind of what you were saying. Like it wasn't really that difficult. We weren't doing super advanced music. It was you know you had to kind of memorize and get your muscle memory and like arm slot at you know maybe yeah. five different positions or six at the most but like yeah the most the hardest part was just making sure that thing was greased up or else you it was a tough tough thing <laughs> tough day in class keep the trombone that thing wasn't greased. sliding right yeah <laughs> i thought was, did, did the trombone have like the spit valve we have to empty out your saliva oh dude it's it was so, so disgusting that thing, grossed, that thing grossed me out so much and Ugh. those are like school instruments too yeah it's just, we had to so rent it's it. like, yeah, yeah, I don't do that thing. That's so gross. Oh my God. Just the thought of that's disgusting me. And like, I know kids like that would literally empty their spit, like on the floor of the band room. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. So nasty. Oh yeah. Middle schools in general are just like a, a Petri dish of bacteria. Oh, I mean, that's why just I, on a large scale. Jeez. I can't even <laughs> imagine. I mean, middle school, Sixth grade specifically is when I met Noah. I mean, those are some of the best days of my life. But band every day for an hour, I was never too happy to be sitting in band class. I did not see it as a break. I would rather have yeah, gone I like... quit it. You quit? After one year. I did too. I, did you switch to the choir? Yeah. Oh, I see. I should have did that, man. All my friends yeah. were in choir. And I stuck in band like a loser. Dude, it was sick. We did uh, <laughs> our uh, our like... We had a concert and it was like you had a theme of, uh, you know, a, a band from like a different era. So each each hour, you know, like if you had choir like first hour, you had a different group than like second hour. Mm -hmm. And our band was Queen and we were like definitely the best group at the concert. We were singing like another one bites the dust, Ooh. like turning around, snapping on stage. It was way better than like sliding a trombone for like an hour yeah. and a half. The choir was way better, and all my friends were in choir. I definitely should have did that or did percussion because playing the trumpet sucked. I hated it. I yeah. never practiced, and we had to go to band. I'm sure you had the same thing for choir, like the concerts after school. So ridiculous. Yeah. Ugh. I th I think the only reason I started in band was because I was like, I don't want to sing. Like I can't sing. But I'm then not doing. You realize that. like no one else in the class can sing either. So who cares? Right. Exactly. If you all sing at the same time, it doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> right. That's like I learned that very quickly, and it's also uh, like a third of the work because you don't have. It's not like you're going home and like practicing singing. I mean, you should be. You should be belting it out in your yeah, room. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> your mom didn't want to hear you sing all the time. Uh, she probably did hear me enough singing. I don't know. I think I would sing from time to time in the shower. But it would mostly be to just like annoy my sister. Or I'll, I'll still sing in the shower if I'm home alone. If someone's home, I'll be a little bit too embarrassed. But if no one else is in the house, I'll have my speaker going. I'll be, I'll be belting it out in there. Come on. Yeah, I have no shame. I don't I have really no either. 
or in the car alone. Come on. I would definitely. Now, oh, that's a great spot. It's the best. How spot how else are you going to find whether or not you can hit those? Notes? That's where you have to. Fi- that's where you do. That's your where learning. you have to figure it out. Come on. But thank you guys for tuning in. A um, couple of things for a little housekeeping. We'll be back to Tuesday upload next week um, to episode seventy five. We should do something special for episode seventy five, Jack. You got to brainstorm. Um, All right. So episode seventy five next Tuesday. Then one after that, then we'll be like a little holiday special. Christmas preview, New Year's Eve preview kind of thing. Me and Jack can share some stories, kind of like we did for Thanksgiving. And then between Christmas and New Year's Eve, because Jack and I will celebrate Christmas, we will take the week off and resume on January 4th, I think, is the Tuesday. So that's what's coming up in the Pipe It Up world. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Sign us off, Jack. Peace, y'all.